This week's episode of the Getting to Know podcast is brought to you by our work perks. Did you know we offer employees free access to Peloton and Hinge Health? Employees can learn more by visiting Compass. Hey, everybody, it's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Madov's Getting to Know podcast. Today, I'm joined by the pride of the Ivy Leagues, Honor Winks, who does a bunch of different things for us here at Madov. And I'm not convinced, wouldn't win the award if I went around the Alpharetta and those who deal with those of us in the Alpharetta uh, vicinity as probably the most popular, friendly part of the organization, Honor. Wow, that's nice to hear. I don't know, like Curtis Davison, you know, Jeanette Mudd and my own team, like Greg Weitzel, they might have something to say about it because they do well in that list too. But none of them have Ivy League education. So we got the full package here. It is a different package, I guess. That's for sure. So a different package, Honor. Tell us a little bit about what you do. You can use a title, but tell us a little bit more about like what's beneath that too. Yeah, I'm not too big on titles. It doesn't usually tell people anything is technically I'm the senior manager of risk and compliance at Madiv. But what that really means is that I have two very, very distinct hats. In one hat, I am responsible for insurance placements for all of Madiv. And that job, it really has cycles to it. Right now, I'm probably in the busiest section of it because it means it's it's time for renewals. And anybody listening to this who probably knows me knows that I probably asked all of you for tons and tons and tons of information because that's what goes into insurance submissions for the next year. And then after renewals are done, that will taper off a bit and we will have things more like, oh, somebody needs a certificate insurance for a trade show or I need to coordinate appraisals at a site or there's a lot more workers comp work that's sort of going on, which then leaves me sometimes juggling that juggling the two hats actually is that I am in charge of corporate compliance. And what that means is that I'm essentially responsible for the code of conduct training that everybody has gotten, should have gotten, will be getting, as well as other compliance messaging. You'll have seen periodically there are like a little two minute video, much like the ones that we've had on cybersecurity, but it might be on a conflict of interest or harassment in the workplace, things like that. And then I also administer the employee hotline. All of the reports come into me and to Melissa Coton in the legal department, and we look at those and determine what the best resource is to uh, investigate the report to make sure that the person is heard and to report back at least that an investigation has or is occurring. I kind of look at both hats as really being doing the best thing for employees and for the company because it really does cover everything. It's a great place to start. Yeah, it is. Gets complicated, but it is. It's a. It's a great goal. Is there a side of your current role that you enjoy more, or find more rewarding? I mean, they're really different. I would say on some days it's the insurance side because I'm really still learning so much, and it's an intellectual challenge. And then I really do love the compliance side, the the ability to. I want to say influence maybe or educate people. I take a lot of time watching a lot of videos. And so I don't roll out anything near like what I look at because I'm really, I really want them to hopefully not bore people to death and in a quick minute or two be able to, to make a difference. That's great. 
Honor, what does a great day look like when you're juggling these two very different roles? A great day would really be able to help somebody make a difference. Feeling feeling successful is like not like you just cross something off the list, because honestly, I'll sometimes make a list just to feel like you can have accomplished something, <laughs> cross it off, but to really have made some kind of an impact or, or make a little bit more movement along and the things that we're all working on, because everything changes around here all the time. So success in some ways is being able to keep up. That's for sure. That is for sure. How did you get here? Like, how did we get ourselves into a spot where we cobbled these things together and said, honor, go run this? It's really an interesting route because you're right. These are kind of cobbled together. In lots of organizations, they would be two very separate and distinct jobs. Originally, I was primarily doing board-related work. I was taking the minutes. I was the assistant corporate secretary dealing with subsidiaries. I took care of the proxy statement. And then somewhere along the line, let's say maybe, gosh, now 10 years or so ago, got a new general counsel who said, oh, you guys don't have a code of conduct. And oh, you don't have you know, a compliance program. And oh, you don't have X, Y, and Z. And oh, by the way, we aren't allowed to hire anybody. So here, Honor, why don't you take a step? <laughs> Which I will definitely say was probably one of the more terrifying and difficult periods to be sort of given something you know absolutely nothing about, but that will actually have impact on a lot of people. And then when my predecessor on the insurance side was retiring, basically the GC said, would you like to do insurance? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, let me think about it. Thinking all along, oh my gosh, why would I wanna think about policy premiums and you could think of nothing more boring when you sort of look at your own car insurance readout of what these various things mean. But in talking to my predecessor, he basically said it's more about relationships than it is about the numbers and the coverage. And I thought, well, I can do that. And I think I'd like to do that. And it has been not as terrifying. I'm still learning and I have a tremendous number of people who are really helpful and willing to, to teach and to you know, get in the trenches with me. And you go back a couple of years with the legacy company now? Yes, just a few. I've been here 25. 25 years, which is amazing. So it's a, as many of you know, this is an audio medium, but I'm staring at someone in the screen here who can't be more than 29. So <laughs> let's go back. Let's actually go way, way back, Honor. How did we get here? So where, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Talk to me about some of the earliest days for you. Okay. So I grew up, was born and grew up in Connecticut and spent, you know, basically all those formative years through college in Connecticut and then moved to New York City for a job and stayed in New York for about nine years. And then somewhere at that point, my now husband and I said, we'd like to have a house and we'd like to have some more room. And New York City can be a difficult place to live, especially if you're not rich. <laughs> so life is just a little more difficult. So we started looking at houses in New Jersey and various places and actually put an offer on a house that was rejected. And that is probably one of the best things that ever happened to us. Because we also discovered that in order to commute to our jobs, there was a six-month wait list for a parking spot at the train station, and that the parking itself would then leave nothing but rich crackers for us to eat for probably three meals a day for the next five years. So my husband, who's a bit more of a risk taker than I am, probably a good thing if I'm now in risk management, said, well, let's just move. 
because we weren't wedded to our jobs. So for all you young things out there, there was a time when newspapers came to your house and there were Sunday newspapers that had jobs and housing in them. And we selected a bunch of cities and got the Sunday paper delivered for probably about six months. Finally narrowed it down to let's come down to Atlanta and see what that looks like. So we came down here randomly and went out with a real estate agent and actually looked at houses up here in Alpharetta as well as other places. And if you've been here a while, you know, Alpharetta was nothing like it is now. And he ended up interviewing for a job while we were here as well, just by chance. And six months later, we were moving into a house we'd had built for us and he had a job and I ended up getting asked by my current job in New York, oh, would you like to come work for us in Atlanta? I was like, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> let's let's take the easy route. You got a job for me? Happy to do it. So it's been good. It was actually a very, very good move. And I give my husband all the kudos for having the, the guts to say, well, it doesn't matter. We're just going to go try something different. Does this uh, now husband have a name? His name is Joel. Joel. So where did Joel and Honor meet? Joel and Honor met in the back kitchen of a terrible bar in the summers between between college. That's great. So you both worked at the same place, met there, moved to Atlanta, lived happily ever after, expanded the family in there somewhere? Yep. I've got a 25-year-old son who um, lives in Cambridge, Massachusetts, near and dear to your heart, I know. And my daughter, who is 22 and lives and works in Chicago. So now with your son in Cambridge, your daughter in Chicago, what do you and Joel do for fun? Well, we just came back from um, a two-week trip to Spain and Portugal. All right. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, and we try to run to different places, Hilton Head and, you know, maybe Florida, see the kids. So we do like to travel. I like to read, try to go to the theater a bunch of times a year, like museums. So we do, you know, a lot of that sort of stuff and like to cook. Honor, is there a story around your very cool and unique first name? Uh, it's not a long story. What I'm, I'm told about it is that there was some Irish author, Honor Tracy maybe, and my father liked the first name. So there I have it. It's nothing more exciting than that. What would you say is the best thing that has happened since we came together for kind of your universe? Honestly, I think I think the people, I think having more people, more support, more information has been a great thing. And actually being able to have different ideas or different ways of doing things that we don't have to be stuck doing anything the same way, which is very freeing. It's sort of different than, you know, if you just change a couple of people or you change something else, you can't blow it up quite as easily as you can here. I think there may be fewer sacred cows. And I think that's a great a great thing. And everybody at least was on a level playing field of like not knowing something. Nobody could know it all because yeah. we were a combined company. And, and that sort of helps, I think, with everybody's comfort level to ask questions. Yeah, it, it is a bit of an unshackling if you allow yourself to, to, to experience it that way. I guess flip side of that, uh, now that we're you know a year and change into the merger, if you had a magic wand on her, what, what would you wave it upon to improve here? I know this is actually a difficult one, and I know what I would want to fix is not an intentional 
difficulty, but I think communication probably continues to be a challenge. And by communication, I don't mean, you know, messages about how we're doing and all of that. It's sometimes the smaller communication about some small change or a role change that, or some process that somebody somewhere decides, but doesn't realize that there are implications down, down the line. You know, sometimes people need to know things and they don't find out until months later and go, oh gosh, I wish I'd known that. I would have made this decision differently. And I know it's hard to capture all of that, but I do think having everybody sort of aware of the interconnectedness of so many roles and that information really is connected to all of us, that would be great and baby steps to be able to, you know, continue to work on that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it, it's almost the yin to the yang of the unshackling you talked about. Yeah. There's not a way to do it. There's a bunch of different new ways to do it, myself included. I, I find that I don't always realize the downstream impact of some of that. And sometimes you don't hear about it, right? So, And it's worked both ways for me. I've been affected by it or I haven't told somebody that I should have told about something. Yeah, I have found going back to, you know, I guess I'll answer my own question. One, one of my favorite things as we've come together, I really do feel like there's an assumption of positive intent for the most part. And I think that's a great thing. So I, I've made a bunch of those decisions that have that downstream impact, but I don't get people you know, feeling as though I'm trying to do something to them. Right. They, you know, they're just pointing it out. Just didn't know. I wasn't trying to, to put you all in a knot. Exactly. Exactly. Honor, at the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we ask our guests three specific questions. I'm going to hit you with those right now. Okay. The first somewhat puts you on the spot. If you were to pull up your music app, what would the last song be that we would find you listen to? So, sadly, I am not a big sort of playlist favorite artist kind of person. So the last song is going to be whatever Spotify put together for the Daily Mix. And it's probably going to be something like, oh, Kylie Minogue or some pop, disco, dance, feel good kind of thing. All right. Second question. If you were given ad space for free for a billboard in any city... Your beloved New York, your adopted hometown here of Alpharetta, Atlanta, Georgia, and you yep. could put any message on that billboard, what would you choose? I think that I would choose something like, stop and take a breath. You will feel better for it, and the people around you will appreciate it. Very good advice. I find this question to be very uplifting so far early in season two of the Getting to Know podcast. We've got such nice people. I want to lift up others. I love it. Uh, last question for you, Honor, before we get you out of here. What's one thing that you would say you can't live without? Oh, chocolate. Or my kids. Or chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a toss-up. Fair enough. Two, two good options there. The game, Harvard-Yale, does it mean something to you still? Of course. I mean, you never want Harvard to win, even if I'm not watching. <laughs> Understood. Well, Honor, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're balancing everything related to insurance payments and driving compliance for us. So I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to spend with us on the Getting to Know podcast today. Thanks. I actually really appreciate being asked. I've listened to a whole bunch of the others and have found them to be really interesting and helpful. So I hope that others will find this one to be equally so. I'm certain they will. 
And for those of you in the listening audience, thanks for your time as well. And we'll talk to you again in a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm.